Hey there, welcome to the She Connects podcast. I'm thrilled that you are here. My name is Susan Vandenhuvel, and I have the honor of being your host each and every week. She Connects is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, and allows me to connect with women in the online space. I wholeheartedly believe that we as women enjoy connecting with one another to share hearts, disappointments, dreams, any challenges that we're facing, and really to just do life together. The heartbeat behind this podcast is to help empower and equip you to step into all that God has for you to do in this world. I'll be sharing whatever God has placed on my heart for the week, and from time to time, I invite guests on the show that I personally have gleaned and been inspired from, people that I admire and I just maybe want to learn a little bit more from and that I believe you will appreciate listening to. So welcome. I cannot wait to connect with you today. Hey everybody, welcome back to the She Connects podcast. My name is Susan Vandenhuvel and I'm honored to be your host again this week. If you're new around here, welcome. Welcome to the table. We're we're glad that you're here. You belong here. We're excited that you're tuning in. I have a really special guest with us this week and you're going to love her. First of all, you're going to love her. You're going to want to connect with her, uh, follow her on the socials and check out all the things that she's doing. Uh, how God is using her. The topic today is really going to add value to your life. We're going to be talking about you are enough. You are enough. I'm not sure that we could ever hear that message enough. I just feel like, you know, I've heard that many times and, and yet the next time I hear it, it just seems so timely. And so Angela Hudson is my guest this week. Thank you for joining us, Angela. Tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're coming at us from, about your family, all the things. We want to know all the details. Oh, goodness. Where do I start? No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Well, I am a mom and I've been, well, I've been married to my husband for 21 years now. And so that's been awesome. And then I'm a mom to two daughters and one is almost 18. She'll be 18 very soon. And then my oldest one is 20. So one is in college. So we live in Missouri and we actually live, actually, when I talk to a lot of people that are not from around here, they're more familiar with Branson. So we're about 30 miles South from Branson. Um, And my daughter's in college in Michigan, which is crazy. And then my youngest one is a senior in high school, which has been crazy. Um, I do work a full-time job for Convoy of Hope. And then I also have a ministry called You Are Enough. I have a podcast and speak and write and just a lot of things. It's just, I love sharing God's word with others and really helping them to understand how he sees them. I think Mm -hmm. that's so important. And yeah, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. It's just kind of, we got a lot going on and it's been a lot of fun and my family is great. And then, you know, my girls, it's been interesting because one in college and one a senior and neither one of them have really been able to have like what we would say the normal college experience or normal senior year. So that's kind of been interesting and a little challenging at times, but it's good. Yeah. Are they doing well just in spite of all of that? Yeah. I mean, 
it's so funny when you talk about, you know, birth order and your kids, like my oldest one holds everything so tight and then it just all comes out. And then my youngest one is like an emotional roller coaster and shares everything exactly how she's feeling. So it's like on one end of the spectrum, I worry about one and then sometimes the other is exhausting. Let's <laughs> 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 yeah. just, just two confessions right here. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, but I'm blessed with two incredible daughters. They're so great. And just, you know, sometimes you look at your kids and it's like, how did we create that? I mean, mm. because they're, they love the Lord. They push through, they persevere. They've learned how to do that these last couple, this last year for sure. And to see their strength and just the way that they, their integrity through it all has been so remarkable to me as a mom. And I've learned a lot from them because I don't know that I could have handled those situations the same way. And it's just going to be interesting one day when they get to share this experience of living in a pandemic through those ages, those years in their life with their kids and grandkids, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, what a story you'll be able to tell, but they've really handled it. Well, it's not, and we own it. So um, we try very hard in our house to be pretty honest And, you know, it's just like, it sucks. Like it really does. It's just terrible. Like, but in the same instance of that, what can we do with it? Well, here's what we can do. Here's what we can't do. So let's try to focus on what we can do. Um, But we're real about it. We're just like, we, we allow them to feel Mm -hmm. and allow them to talk and allow them to share. And I tend, my husband's great at really listening and just, letting that be it. I like try to fix it, but they've taught me more probably in this last year than ever is that sometimes mom, you just need to listen and give us a hug and comfort us. Like you don't need to solve the problem because you can't. Mm -hmm. So that's been a big lesson for me as a mom. Um, but just watching them, like I'm, I'm just extremely proud of them, how they are handling it. And it's just opened a new level. I think of our, our little tight unit of a family, of just talking about things openly and really where we're at because we've been forced to with this situation. So I, I love that you and your husband are intentional about fostering that atmosphere or that environment within your home, that this is a safe place and we can have hard conversations here. You can ask hard questions, you know, fears, doubts, all the things. That's great. So before we dive into the the topic, I just have to ask. So from Missouri and your your college age daughter is in Michigan. So being from the north, I mean, I'm, you know, Minnesota here, we've been, you know, well below zero. We're finally like above zero now. So, you know, people are wandering around in shorts now. But we've done this pendulum swing. And so it's cold in Michigan. Has she had an adjustment there? Yeah, I mean, but the crazy thing is, I mean, at first, definitely. And we're like, you got to get this kind of a coat and you got to like have all the things, you know. But the funny thing is, is that she, she loves it. But last, you know, we just have had some crazy winters here in Missouri. So recently we have had a time frame where it was colder here than it was there. And we actually hit below zero. So um, we got a little bit of a taste of that, but she loves it. So I, I mean, if 
yeah, she's thriving there. I, me, I don't think I could do it because that wind comes off the lake and I'm like, what is this? So <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and until one experiences that kind of wind, it's, it's like people, they just, it's because they don't have anything to compare it to, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, people think, well, it gets windy here. No, like, you don't understand. <laughs> there's yes. wind and then there's wind. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Yep. Oh, all right. So let's dive into this. I have been so excited to um, just dig into this with you and spend some time over on the deep end of the pool. Uh, I am really, really excited. So talking about living as enough, I think most of most of us, if not all of us, uh, as women understand what it means to feel like we're not enough, um, you know, in, in the world. But let's establish some of the most common ways that message is heard. Oh, goodness, there's so many and we get them in such uh, subconsciously and consciously, you know, you can go back to things that somebody literally spoke to you or not even when you were little, just even as an adult, uh, things that somebody has spoken to you that then makes you feel less than. Uh, But it also, if you remember way back, uh, I'll probably date myself a little bit here, but you know, we used to only have a comparison game by the people and the actresses and stuff that we saw on TV. And then in our immediate circle of maybe who we were going to school with. And so those people we compared ourselves to were a lot, it was a lot smaller, like that unit was tighter. But nowadays we have access to so much. I even remember, you know, you would get like a 17 magazine And maybe that would open that door of you feeling less than or not enough. But now it's 24-7. I mean, because you're seeing people who are constantly what I like to call their highlight reels on social media, uh, talking about how great their life is, using their filters, making them look a certain way, uh, all those things. And so we're bombarded with it 24-7. So I would say, going back to your question, it can come from a multitude of ways from people actually speaking those things to you and you believing them to what you see visibly through social media and or on TV and the enemy of just what he speaks to you and your own thoughts of what, who you really are. And so I think, especially in today's day and age, we are bombarded with messages, not necessarily messages, but I think with what we see that is making us feel less than. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I just from what you're saying, would you agree then that there's been, I mean, just an increase um, over the last few years? Would, would you agree that we've just almost been kind of just shoved into it? I would say, I don't, I don't know if we are shoved into it. But I think that what happens is, is that We don't have the good foundation, like the foundation of really having a relationship with Jesus is there as strong as it was before. And I think when that happens is everybody's searching for something, but they don't know what they're searching for. So they go to the natural gravitation of what they say is because this is the, what the world tells them that they should be, or should be doing, or should be watching if you want to be trendy, or if you want to be, you know, in the know. And those are the things that are getting us caught up and wrapped up into this whole idea of 
making us feel really bad about ourselves because we don't look like that. We don't have the same successes they have. We don't have that same car or body type or whatever it might be. Um, We just are constantly visually getting, you know, yeah, pretty much kind of being bombarded with it for sure. Mm -hmm. And do you feel like a lot of people uh, are feeling that privately because we're not, we're not necessarily exposing that and being honest to the world that, wow, I just feel like I'm falling behind. I'm not enough. I'm failing here. So what are your thoughts about that? I mean, do you feel like, so we're kind of doing the scroll, you know? Yeah. And, oh yeah. And then you can go down a rabbit trail and feel like, oh gosh, I just need to go to bed and never get out of bed again. Absolutely. And I do feel like the interesting thing that I find is that um, what is happening is, is that I see all over the place in newsletters, social media, people that I talk to, and they are craving authenticity and vulnerability, but the time, but what they spend their most time watching is not authentic. And so what happens is, is that, yeah, I do feel like they're dealing with it privately, but, and they say that this is what they want, but the same people that are saying that this is how you should be when you're on social media and creating your um, platform for lack of a better word, they're the same people that are not, that are putting like a bazillion filters on or trying to say that you need to look a certain way and never talking about their real feelings. You know, they're just putting on the facade. And that's why I always say like the highlight reels that we all see. And I think that the crazy thing is, is that if we look at a true self versus a false self, you know, a true self really is operating in the fact of understanding who you are, that God loves you, that he gave his son for you, you know, all of those things that he's who provides value and worth to your life. But we spend 99.9% participating in, in life in our false self striving to be something that we were never created to be in the first place mm-hmm. because we're all made uniquely and we're striving to be like someone else. I mean, honestly, that's kind of boring. If you think about it, there, there does, there doesn't need to be another Angela. There doesn't need to be another Susan. There needs to be one Angela Hudson with my makeup, my jeans inside of my body and my gift set. And that's it. And I think we get so caught up in this thinking we'll never have arrived until we're like that person. And it's kind of sad, really, because what that does is even if those that are Christians that get caught up in this and what they're doing is they're inhibiting their gifts that God actually gave them to use in the first place, mm-hmm. because the more you strive to be like somebody else, the less that you're going to feel like you can be authentic and vulnerable in your real self. And then the less that you're using your gifts truly to do the things that you even actually may feel called to do. Mm -hmm. And so it creates this vicious cycle. And I think if we could all get to the place, you know, I always say that you are enough with Jesus, of course, but if we could get to this place where we felt more comfortable operating in our true self, that's where your vulnerability and authenticity comes from. And you're okay with being there because you're so grounded and you understand the love that God has for you and that he is who validates and gives you your worth. Yeah. But we just don't operate in that place. We operate more in the false self because of 
we're afraid. We're afraid of what others might think. You know, we're afraid, but actually we even are afraid of what others might think and our insecurities and all that, that people will see our flaws. But the crazy thing is the more you operate in your false self, the higher you're, the level of your insecurity grows. Mm-hmm. And right. if you could just come to a place where accepting yourself, realizing it doesn't matter your past, your circumstances, none of those things that you really are enough because God says you are. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I right. kind of went on a little soapbox there, but no, you know, it, it's good because I, I think that there's so many things that, that you said, I felt like we're so good. I feel like we could do a separate episode for a few different things in there. It was so good. But one of the things that I kind of want to back up and, and just sit for a minute, if you, if you don't mind, you touched on this, this piece of authenticity and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I know for me, I feel like I can connect with another person that I'm listening to, whether it's at church or an event or Bible study or a podcast or a book I'm reading, if they're willing to kind of pull the shades back a little bit in their life and share with me parts of their story, you know, and it isn't that I need to hear the intimate play-by-play type things like that, but you know, a little bit that we can give to other people helps people to connect with us and it helps people to feel like I'm not alone. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, with that, I, I am, I'm thinking that if it just takes one person to do what feels so risky in vulnerability, right? Pulling the shades back, letting people in one person, and then it, it kind of helps other people then feel brave and courageous that, wow, if she can do that, I'm going to, too, because isn't that what we all want? Like you just said, we crave that. We want authenticity. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, we do. And but I think that, you know, it is a risk for some people. And you have to be willing to take the risk and you have to be willing to be okay with what they think about you after you share it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, honestly, back in my 20s, if I would have been okay with that. Yeah, that that has actually, I've been more at peace and okay with that as I've gotten older. But I also know that God's working in me more too. You know, I, I wasn't even saved until I was 26. So with that being said, the deeper I'm growing in my relationship with him, and it just happens to be as I'm getting older, then those things are a lot easier because I'm not afraid, like, Mm -hmm. because I know God's with me and he guides and directs my steps. And I know if I'm supposed to go there and share, I will because he's pushing me to do so. And I want to be obedient in that. And then if sometimes I'm not, then I'm, then I'm not, you know, and then that's okay too. But I think it has become a little bit easier. I wouldn't necessarily even say as I've gotten older, but really as I get more grounded in who I am in him. Yeah, that's good. That's so good. And biblically supported to be deeply rooted mm-hmm. in him. Yeah, those yeah. roots going deep. And there, I think that you're so right. You know, I, I'm going to be 51 here in, in a couple of weeks. And I know that just 
this confidence, the inward confidence that I have in who I am, those roots going deep. I didn't have those even in my 40s, you know, so there is something about ebbing and flowing through life and growing. Yeah, I'm so glad that you pointed that out. All right. So we've talked a little bit about, you know, just outward influences that, you know, can kind of send that message of not being enough. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about that inner critic. Um, you know, we've touched on it just a little bit, but how does that come into play? You know, we've talked about, again, those outward influences, social media, the things that we're watching, listening to, but let's talk about the inner critic. Yeah, I think that, of course, that does play a big part in how you see yourself. And I find it very interesting because we spend more time naturally telling ourselves the things that are wrong with ourselves rather than celebrating our wins. And we could spend more time, like I can speak for myself. Let's say for example, that I did something and I was like, Oh, that was the wrong move. Do you know how much time I think about that? Mm. I think about it so much because that's just me, (laughs) but then I do something. Well, I think about it for a minute. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yay. That was a great, that was a great win. I feel really good about that. And then I move on from it. But the opposite, I sit and I dwell on it. I think about it. What should I've done differently? And you can't even change anything. And we sit there and we stew on it for so long. And I think that every time that, well, I don't think, I know every time that we do that, we're creating different pathways in our brain. So each time we're always going to remember. And then if we're filling our brain with all of that, We're always going to go to that negative thought process. We're not going to know how to find the positive within there. And literally, you have to retrain the brain to think that way. And I think it's so easy for us to always dwell on the things that have been shared with us that are not necessarily positive or what somebody has said that maybe was negative about ourselves. And we camp on those. So then the longer we camp on those, the bigger the imprint it is in our brain. So it's really hard to get out of that. So I always say to people that I'm talking to about this issue, and I'm like, what are you putting in? What are you watching? What are you listening to? What, how much time are you spending on social media? And maybe there's some accounts you need to unfollow because they're not healthy for you. And I, and then are you spending time in God's word? Those are the four things I always ask with somebody who's really dealing with a negative thought pattern, because if they're watching stuff that is not uplifting and speaking life into them and encouraging, if they're listening to music that's degrading to them as a woman, that is lots of, oh, negative words, cuss words. I mean, let's just be honest. Like, even though if you say you don't listen to the words, you only listen to the beat. Well, it's still subconsciously getting inside of you. If you are um, scrolling and all your accounts are following are all of people that you wish you were like, I would unfollow all of them because all you're doing is comparing yourself to them. And then if you're not spending any time in God's word and filling you up, filling yourself up with his goodness, and uh, then you're going to stay stuck there forever. I mean, those negative thoughts are going to run rampant. And for every negative thought, we need 10 positive thoughts that goes with it. So it's almost like thinking, okay, well, I'll never lose the weight. Well, let's turn that around. And how can we speak truth in that? I can lose weight because God is my source of my strength. 
God will give me the, the, the discipline that I need. God is working within me. I am capable of it. You know, and you change, start changing the dynamic. But I will tell you, I think so much of us are consumed with the negative thoughts in our head. It is work. It doesn't happen overnight that all of a sudden you're just like, oh, I love myself and I think I'm great. And it doesn't work that way. You have to be committed to it and you have to really want it to be different. But then sometimes the negative mindset or even can become a victim mentality. People can get addicted to that too. And they don't want to change because they like the response that they get. So you have to, you know, decide what is it that you really want and be committed to that and be disciplined in it and then do the work behind it. But again, I always go back to those four things. You know, what are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you, you know, who are you following on social media? And then are you spending time in God's word? Are you reading his word at all? Mm-hmm. And if you, if I mean, and if that's a no, number one, let's just start there. <laughs> Right. Come on. Let's read a minute a day. That's it. Or put on the Bible app for a minute. Just have a minute and fill yourself with goodness. Yeah. And then maybe the next week do two minutes and see what happens. Yeah. And if we just start there, I mean, I'm telling you the change and the transition starts happening because you just can't deny it. God's working and you just can't. And that's why those words in that book are for us because they really will. They have everything that we need in order to equip us to have an abundant life and to live abundant life, whether it's in our thoughts, whether it's physically or whatever, I mean, it doesn't matter, but we need to be pressing into him. So those are some of the thoughts that I have, like when somebody's really dealing with negativity in their life. Yeah, that is so good. I hope that uh, the listeners were able to jot those four things down or, you know, push the 30 second replay thing (laughs) and catch those because they are really powerful. And as I was listening to you, I was reminded that, you know, we, we so often equate the word health with our physical being, but health is so much bigger than that. It's about what you're watching, what you're listening to, you know, yes, what you're, what you're eating, you know, what you're putting in your mouth, but all of those things that you just listed, they affect our health and well-being. And, you know, when you when you said that it's not going to happen overnight, I, I like to refer to our just kind of our society nowadays. We're kind of like a microwave society, you know, where we're we're used to having everything at, you know, just our fingertips, click of a button, you know, mouse, you know, hit this tab, whatever. But it does take discipline and intentionality. And it's, you know, consistent consistency. It's this decision I I read for a minute today, tomorrow, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do it again. So would you agree with that? Absolutely, I would. And I would also say that I'm like you guys. Okay, just because I'm talking about it, it does not put me above anybody that's listening today. I have to myself when I'm feeling really cruddy about just me, I have to go to those things too and ask myself those same questions. So just because I talk about it, I don't have this all figured out. There are definitely days I'm living in the space of toxic self-talk. But if I take that minute and the crazy thing is, 
when I evaluate that, I haven't been, been, been spending as much time at God's word. Oh, I probably, you know, that show is watching that I felt convicted watching, but I watched it anyway. Maybe I really do need to eliminate that. I've been spending too much time on social media. It's just crazy when I go through that checklist for myself, when I'm feeling that way, how I start checking all the boxes and I'm like, well, no wonder. And that's what I want to do for you today is for you just to have that to check the boxes when you're feeling really down to evaluate and see where you're at and then make those shifts as easy as deciding not to watch a show or listen to a certain artist anymore so that you can get your head straight again. Yeah. And it changes everything. But I, I come, it comes in waves for myself too. Mm-hmm. So by no means am I like, oh yeah, I never have to deal with any of that anymore. Oh goodness. I wish I could say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, let that be some encouragement for you today, listening that neither one of us have arrived <laughs> and right. um, we n- never will on this side of heaven. I mean, we're constantly right. working this out. I know for myself that, um, you know, there's, there's days where I'm not so like, you know, giddy up, let's, you know, sit down and read my Bible. I mean, it's, it's, it's a choice that I have to make. And so you, um, you're in good company today. Uh, (laughs) Tell us a little bit about um, how you have personally seen the feelings of not being enough hold you back. Oh, wow. Yeah, so many. I think the biggest thing for me is that you don't realize how impacted you are by things that happen when you're a kid. And so when I was younger, well, three months before I was born, my real dad passed away. So, and my mom was 18. So my mom was not only a widow, but also, you know, a young mom at the same time. And, um, you know, she, yeah a widow and then turn into a single parent at 18. And so I think that, and there wasn't a male figure in my life for 13 years. And then my stepdad, who's amazing came into my life, which was great. But those years were so pivotal for me in regard to just, you know, the understanding relationship with a mom and a dad. And we don't realize all that transpires between, you know, the age of birth and all the way into those teen years. And I think that that has been the biggest thing for me when not having that. So there was always one, a piece of me that was missing. So I always felt like I never knew who that piece was. So I think that's why I had issues with a lot of insecurities because I didn't even know like who that part of me was. And is there things that are like my dad that I'll never know or never experience until like we're in heaven. But Um, on this side, you know, I'll never get to know what that's like. And I think that developed a lot of insecurities for me. And so what would happen is I would feel bad on myself, but then I feel like in front of people, I'd have to overcompensate for that. So my highs and my lows were really drastic because I had to something to prove. And I had to make people believe that I was fine, even though, you know, I didn't have a, never had knew my dad. Or yeah, I just lost my train of thought. Sorry. But all of that stuff, you know, and so I think that was probably one of the biggest things. And I think that's a lot like there's a lot of kids these days that are growing up in with single parents. It's I think that does, again, reiterates the importance of a mother and a father, you know, raising the child, their child together 
and you can't help the cards that you're dealt. But I just know that was a part that impacted me because I never knew him. I never had the chance to know him. And so there was just this whole piece of me that I just felt like if I was missing like my right arm. But with that being said, over those years, then again, compensating for that piece of that side of my family's love that I didn't get from a father figure, you know, and that played into a lot of different decisions that I made it play. And then the more bad decisions that I made, then the more that I felt bad about myself, the more that the shame piled on. And I didn't understand any of that because I wasn't in church and I wasn't, didn't have a relationship with Jesus. And, and then there was a point where you don't care because you feel like you're so not enough, then what, why do I even care what happens to me? And so that was the place of turning into drugs and alcohol and um, lots of relationships. And then, but it was crazy that I would say in the midst of all of that, I hit a place where the only thing I knew to do was go to church. And it was, I can remember it so plainly that then that's where I ended up. And then I gave my heart to the Lord and it wasn't like things were fixed overnight, but there was like a new peace that was upon me that I had just a little bit like a, a really a mustard seed of confidence at that point, a mustard seed of feeling like I am, it is, it is worth it for me to be here on this earth. It is, I am worthy. Like I am valued. And then again, as that relationship grew deeper with the Lord, then of course the feelings of less than became not, uh, they didn't disappear, but they became minimal. Or maybe I didn't stay in the places long because I knew that God, you know, was Jesus was my rock. He was going to help carry me through it. And I was going to get, past it faster than I ever did before in my life. If that makes sense. Yeah. So that was pretty much a really, I mean, it's been something I've struggled with my entire life and um, have, you know, got it so caught up in the comparison trap. And not only that, but like I was in dance for years. And so there was, you know, the whole issues of my body type was a little different than the tall and lean dancers. So there was that issue. I, um, I mean, there was a multitude of things that I was involved in that outwardly appearance was very important. So the more that I was in that, then I was striving so hard to meet that expectation. Then the let, then the, the more I felt bad about myself and felt like I wasn't good enough. Mm, yeah. Uh, so that's just a couple of areas in my own life that where that has been extremely impactful. Yeah. Uh, and so the four things that you shared just a couple of minutes ago, are those the core things that helped you to overcome in this area? Oh, most definitely. But it didn't happen immediately. And that's the thing. That's the whole part of my ministry is because I don't want people to stay there as long as in those places as I did. And it came through process and it came through understanding and it came through help trying to figure it out. And I'm a pretty independent person. So um, it wasn't that I was trying to figure out, figure it out without any guidance or help and without the Lord, but I still really needed to figure it out for me. And those were the things that I just kept coming back to. And it, the crazy thing is, is when I think back about some of the times in my lowest part as a baby Christian, I would be like, as soon as I listen, listen to worship music, there was a peace that overcame me. Mm -hmm. There was a joy. 
as soon as I didn't stopped going out with this group of friends, then I didn't feel bad about myself because I wasn't putting in my positions where I could myself in a position where I could make bad decisions and feel shame. Um, as soon as I allowed the convictions that started to come up and allow them and allow myself to act upon them in the right way, then I started to feel like you just kind of like, I don't know, your chest kind of came out or your shoulders were back. Like you just had this new confidence. Like I can say no to that. Like, okay. And it's not that bad, you know, or as soon as, you know, even, you know, social media came so much, you know, a little later as I was past all of that, but even, you know, magazines or just people in my life, as soon as I could stop looking at them a certain way that they were so much better than me, you know, because then that started to dissipate. So I would say that those things developed over time, but it wasn't until I would say in the last 10 years, that I really was like, okay, here we are. These are the things I constantly have to keep in check in my life so that I don't get such in a tunnel and in a hole that I can't get out of. Mm -hmm. And it was really important. And that's why I still use them to this day because there's still times I can, I can start sensing. And I think the more that you come out of those holes faster, the quicker you sense it when you're starting to go into one. Yeah. I, I think that awareness is so important. Um, awareness is empowering, you know, being paying attention, what's going on in here. All right. So you said that you have two young adult daughters. How have you uh, encouraged them and spoken to their life to live as, um, you know, just young, confident, enough women in this world? I think the biggest thing is that for us, we've really tried to encourage them and speak life into them, help them to believe that they can do incredible things in this world, that they have something to offer this world. But the crazy thing is the whole heartbeat behind me starting the ministry was because, and Michael and I, we're really, we've always been hands-on parents as far as together and trying to really pour into them to the point where I'm like, even last night I said to him, I said, Michael, you know, Lindsay's really doing great. And she's really persevering through school and has straight A's and she's getting her work done. And I know a lot of other kids aren't doing that. Like you need as her dad, you need to go say something to her and tell her how proud you are of her pushing through. So we talk to each other that way and remind each other how important those things are to pour into our kids. But even with that exhorted effort that we really tried to make, it's crazy that my girls came to me at different times and was feeling like they were, were not measuring up. Mm, wow. So I don't feel like that you, no matter what. So then here's what we did. We acknowledged it. We're like, you know what? There's going to be more times you don't feel like you're enough. But let's get a plan of action so that when you feel that way, then you know how to get out of it. So then I had that aha moment where I was like, that's my job as mom. My job as mom is not to have this unrealistic reality that they're never going to feel this way about themselves. They're girls. And I mean, I would say the same for boys in a different way. But let's, let's have a battle plan instead, because I'm not going to be able to fix it for you. Mm -hmm. And one is off in college, one's going to be going off to college. 
Like I can't solve those problems for you. But what I can do is help you create your own plan so that you can go to battle with it every single time and get out of it much faster. And so Ah. that's, we just changed the whole way of looking at it. And so that's what we did. And so we sat down and really talked about that. Isn't that, you know, when I'm listening to you, I'm just feeling like those girls are being empowered to know that, okay, when this happens, this is what I'm going to do, that I am not a powerless victim, that I don't have to just roll over and just accept these toxic, negative, you know, behaviors and thoughts. And I can rise from this. I can be empowered to make some changes and have a a plan in place. I love that. Love that you shared that because I mean, there, they are, like you said, they're going to go out into the world. And, and so let's, let's set them up. Well, I love that. Really good. Really good. So thinking of the woman listening today that maybe is feeling held back by, feeling not enough, you know, she's really resonating with a lot of the things that we're talking about here today. What would you say to her? And how would you encourage her as a starting point for her to begin um, overcoming herself? Well, I think the first thing that I would say that's super important is that she's not alone. And just like I did with my girls, I think we have to come to the place where we understand that we're all going to have moments where we don't feel like we're enough. It's just the society that we live in. I honestly don't think we'll ever not struggle with it until we're in heaven. (laughs) Mm -hmm. To be very honest, you know? And so I, you know, I think that's the most important thing. You're okay. You're not weird. You're not abnormal when you're feeling like that. And it's totally fine. And um, so we have to acknowledge that first. And then I would say, secondly, for somebody who is, Go to those core things that I talked about, you know, really evaluate where you're at. It's not hard. It's so easy. But then you have to choose to be obedient in those convictions in regard to maybe what you're watching or what you're scrolling and seeing on social media or what you're listening to. And then be disciplined in getting in God's word. Mm -hmm. So um, that's really what I, I mean, I go back to that all the time and It's just making the effort to do it, you know, to really be like, like I said, you know, open the Bible or turn off a TV show or take a fast from social media or unfollow some people. Yeah. You know, when you really think about it, you're like, oh, that's not hard. It's just if I choose to do it or not is a different story. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. And I have sensed this the last um, probably about 10 minutes. And so I'm just going to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit here. If you're listening today, you know, and, and maybe you're feeling guilty, you know, from just implementing those changes in your life, or maybe even um, following one of the suggestions that Angela has offered here in you know, maybe you're not going to follow someone on social media and maybe you're feeling, gosh, that's, kind of mean and, you know, good Christian girls don't do that. (laughs) Um, Can we humbly just speak into your life and encourage you that you are valuable and you are 
worthy of, of living from a place of being enough in Christ. And whatever you need to do for you to live from that place, you do that. <laughs> do that. Um, you can put your hand down. You don't need to ask for permission. You know, we're, we're all at different places, uh, different seasons. And so, you know, maybe what works for Angela or what works for me, you know, maybe might not look like it will work for you, but do whatever, find whatever is going to work for you. And then give yourself permission to contend for this piece of your identity in Christ that you are enough in him. Ah, love this, Angela. Thank you so much for all of the investment that you have spoken into each of our lives. Do you have any just closing comments that are just really impressed upon your heart you want to share with us before we wrap this up? Yes. Um, well, first and foremost, again, thank you so much, Susan, for having me. I really love just the opportunity to share my heart and share what I feel like I've learned and God's taught me all these years. Again, it's so important for me to help people to not stay in those places as long as I did and equip them in, with ways that they can move past it a little bit faster. Uh, but secondly, I would say that, you know, understanding and feeling like you're enough or feeling beautiful or feeling like you're successful or all of those things, you know, sometimes it's hard because then you feel like it's a, you're being a little bit prideful. But you have to think about how God sees you and he created you and he thinks you're amazing. And I think you're amazing. Anyone out there listening today and it's time, the more that we all come together and start embracing these incredible people and ourselves that God created, think about how we could really make an impact in our communities and the people just in our immediate sphere of influence and in the world really like, and help other people. Like I would, I just would love, like, you know, I just have this visual of this chain reaction that's happening and people really start to grasp it and understand. And then I think, then we really truly understand what love and kindness looks like. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, and don't feel like that you're, you know, driving up, you know, against a wall every time things are happening. People will watch you. People will see you, how you're changing and you will be planting seed in their own lives if you never even see the fruit. So don't minimalize it because of that, but let's all come together and really just take the stand that we're going to believe that we're enough because God created us. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. The end. <laughs> that's, that's good. And, you know, I've said countless times that, Truth is uh, God's thoughts and opinion on any matter. So, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and that is the truth that that is how he sees you. Um, that's how he sees your life, your future. That's how he leads you. And so, you know, and not to wait for your feelings to be your motivator before you start yes. believing that and confessing that um, and making decisions that that really kind of align with that truth. You know, it uh, feelings, they'll, they'll betray us on the daily <laughs> and, mm -hmm. you know, to just really apply, apply truth. And that's why it's really important. You've heard Angela mentioned several times throughout this episode, just the importance of really filling your mind with what is true, what is true, what is, what is edifying. So good. All right. So before I, before I let you go, I'll add, be sure to add in the show notes, but 
um, where can where can listeners find you? I know that um, you're at AngelaHudson.com, correct? Yes, at actually .org. Oh, so I do have a website. It's called, it is AngelaHudson.org. And then um, I'm really active on social media and it is Angela D. Hudson one. And that is on Instagram. And then it's Angela D. Hudson. I don't even know what my Facebook one is. I think it's Angela D. Hudson. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I'm like, oh, I haven't been asked this in a while. I'm used to asking everybody else what theirs is. I haven't been asked what mine is. Oh, um, it, yeah. It's like nowadays when people, uh, you know, ask you your telephone number. I mean, we're just yeah. so used to like, I don't know. I, I mean, I just, we have like speed dial and you, what is your husband's number? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh my goodness. But um, yes, you can find me in Facebook as well. And then I have a page in Facebook that's uh, you are enough ministries. So there's multitude of places. And okay. I do have a podcast called you are enough. So you could also check that out. And I'm excited because Susan's going to be a guest on the podcast in an upcoming series that I have coming up. So I mm-hmm. can't wait for that. Oh, thank you. I'm honored to, you know, just be a guest on your show. So thank you for that. I look forward to it. Yeah. So, and your podcast is, is available on any podcast platform. Great content there. I love what you're putting out into the world. So thank you so much for um, joining us today. Ladies, I hope that this added value to your life. I, I just really believe that it did and that this will be an episode you'll want to return to and um, just for encouragement. But with that, just remember that you are seen, you are loved, you are known, and you are heard right now at this very moment. And God could not love you any more than he does right now at this very moment. We believe in you. We're believing for you. And stay well. We'll catch you next time. Well, I hope that that was a blessing in your life. I'd love to hear what you walked away with from this week's episode drop a comment and let me know. I read and respond to each and every one of them and I would love to hear from you. We all know people who could use some encouragement, especially nowadays, right? If you felt this episode was a blessing to you, would you share it with the people in your life? Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode because a new one drops each and every Wednesday. And would you be willing to leave a review and maybe even a few stars? It not only fills my heart and means so much to me, but it helps women find the podcast and be encouraged too. Have a fabulous week and I will connect with you right back here next week.